0: We're here. Hello! Hello! It's so funny. It's Monday.
1: <laughs> it's Monday. Welcome We're back. Generational change. I'm Jen. I'm Peter, and this has been a week. Uh it's been a week. My ago. third time having COVID. It was fun. It was fun. Third time's to think you just people. had a cold.
0: I uh, had a cold.
1: Excuse me. Uh okay, but yet everyone in my family tested positive, and I'm just hallucinating. So, you know, whatever, dude. I'm just saying. But it, I will say, it gets easier each time.
0: <laughs> I guess it's just something we have to live with now, right? You
1: know. Well, yeah. And especially in traveling. That was it. Reese came home from Ithaca. I think he caught it on the bus from there to the city. And then that was it. And then he shared it with me.
0: Mm. Well, unfortunately, that was how you initially got it uh, last summer. Is that when it happened?
1: Yeah. Well, was it? No, last back, I, I
0: think it was from you. No, no, no. I think, or was it Labor Day that he went down to... Um, Miami or something.
1: Oh, and he Yeah, that's he possible. Yeah, he's he's very that. sharing that way, my kid.
0: Oh well, well, <laughs> look, it is what it is. Uh, we have uh, diseases galore, and uh, the more that climate change becomes a major problem in the world, the more the diseases are going to get stronger. We do have a story way. time tonight. We do have a story time. We tonight. do have that's a story time. But we can't let our we cannot keep our wonderful guests waiting. No. So. As you guys know, a lot of uh, not so good stuff has been happening. Uh, it seems like every other hour, not just uh, every day. It's constant. Uh, it's just
1: constant. Yeah. Uh,
0: 40 billion for Ukraine. Uh, and we all know that the Ukrainians are not going to really see much of that money. Uh, let's just be honest. You mean uh, it's just
1: going to go to fund the military industrial complex and imperialism? Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. I thought it was really going to be like a humanitarian aid. Yeah. And all the
0: while, we're wondering why nothing ever good ever happens in this country and why uh, President Biden's approval rating apparently is at uh, under in in like the mid 30s now. Uh, No, it's actually
1: lower than that. And it's actually lower than that. And I think I think it's low. But first of all, it's lower than W at his lowest. And it's actually lower than I think <laughs> Trump right now at at, a, at the at the same point. That's
0: really great. See, Marcel's
1: nodding his head, and he is a man who knows all the numbers of things that I know. He's got numbers for them.
0: That's really incredible news. I'm totally not the worst president anymore. It's You're totally right. Sleepy Joe. He's really terrible. Really bad guy. <laughs> said so to come on and just make sure everybody understood that. So, so yes,
1: Joe, and yet and yet they're just telling us, just keep voting for us. Just keep voting blue. Well, we, problem. Well,
0: why don't we ask our wonderful guest if that's what is ultimately gonna take? Just keep voting for the same thing over, over, and, over and over again. And over. She's the executive editor of the black agenda report she is a friend of the show and a rock star in our community.
1: yeah well she's my favorite historian we get you know i like to periodically i always say like i'm not a journalist and i don't know things but i like to bring on people that who can do. teach you
0: something so
2: yeah so margaret that's my kimberly friend.
0: welcome back to generational change
2: hi nice to see you guys hi it's so good Absolutely. to see you you always look <laughs> lovely thank, thank you. you thank you very much
0: <laughs> and you are not alone this evening. We have a wonderful additional guest who is joining right. us. He is somebody who we think very highly of. Very for much the, so. For the simple fact that he is running for the United States Congress in South Carolina's 6th congressional district against none other than our
1: best friend, Jim.
0: Clyburn, but he's also a wonderful uh, wonderful individual who has a wonderful platform well
1: that's the thing it isn't just that and i'd like to think that about me too it wasn't just who you're running against It's that you also bring something new to the whole situation you know what i mean that you in and of yourself and i i like him as a candidate
0: regardless Mar- marcel dixon welcome back to generational change Hi,
1: right, thank you all for having me back Hi, I love your accent. Never gets old. Never gets <laughs> old. Thank you guys for coming. And I really didn't realize you guys were going to be here at the same time. This is uber exciting for me because I didn't realize that he was able to coordinate. That. Well,
0: you know, I can, you know, pull a few tricks out of the hat every once in a while.
1: Have you guys ever met? Have you ever met? No, no. no.
3: Hi, nice to meet you. Nice meeting you as well.
1: Yeah, Greg, um, Marcel. Your name's Greg? I always just saw Marcel. Look Marcel at that. Is um, my, uh,
3: Greg is my first name, but I like to go by my middle name, Marcel.
1: Yeah, Marcel, Margaret is one of, like, the best voices, advocates, historians, all things oh, that, like, you. in the direction we're <laughs> trying to go. Like, I don't like to label people. Like, I don't like to say, oh, she's a this, this, that." Like, whatever. But, yeah, great voice. Definitely. What it is. Yeah.
0: And so you guys obviously have, I'm sure, been paying attention to what's been going on. I, I think it, it goes without saying uh, we talked a lot about the fact that we never have a shortage of money to, to spend on the military industrial complex. And yet at a time where the president desperately needs to do something to avert a chasm of a disaster in the midterms, he doesn't seem to wanna to do that. And the argument that I always make regarding military spending is that, yes, okay, we, we do need to provide for the common defense, there's no question about it. But $40 billion in additional aid for Ukraine in money that I'm very confident is not going to be accountable. Uh, It's just going to go to Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, uh, Boeing, General Dynamics, uh, Raytheon, you name it. Certainly
1: Uh, not the needy people in Ukraine.
0: So if this was strictly just money that was going to go to make sure that you had food and shelter in lieu of warfare in Ukraine, that would be one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people vehemently argue about this point, but I don't think there is anything to argue about. We are not getting – we are not our money is not going anywhere that it really needs to be going. Your thoughts initially on this latest wonderful, wonderful gift for the military-industrial complex.
2: Well, it's uh, – I mean, I, you're absolutely right. This uh, money will go to uh, the military-industrial complex. Ukraine is now a cash cow for them. Uh, The indicator indicators are that Ukraine is losing. So it isn't even clear to me what this is going to accomplish, but you don't have to accomplish anything if your goal is to just have another forever war and keep their coffers full. But uh, as you point out, if it's anything for the people, what are we told? It's too much. So people had a child tax credit last year. Poof, it's gone. Um, We're supposed to have a minimum wage increase. Never happened. Senate parliamentarian or some such nonsense. (laughs) Um, um, No student loan debt relief. Nothing. So uh, and that's why Biden's poll numbers are so bad. They've won the propaganda war in Ukraine. If you ask most people, do you think Putin's evil? Do you think he eats babies? They would say yes. But it doesn't help Biden any when they see their public money going over there to no good end.
1: Yeah. And Marcel, like we, I don't know that we even touched on like foreign stuff when you were on with us the first time. So I am curious, like, what are your thoughts about like what we're doing here? I mean, I, I can't imagine you're supportive.
3: (laughs) Actually, you know, it's not just a gift for the military and the contract defenders. It's also a gift for me. And that's, I say that bittersweetly because now all I have to say to the people in my district, and you know I'm running on a reparations platform for Black Americans who are descendants of American slaves. And, you know, as you could imagine, South Carolina being a very Republican state, even though it can truly be a Democratic state if the Democrats are going to suck so much, and I'll say that running as a Democrat, if they actually serve their base, who are Black Americans who vote for them at a rate of 90, 95%, South Carolina can easily be a, purple state at least because it has a large black population but now even when i meet a white if it's a white republican or a black person who's a die-hard democrat when i tell them how we have spent not billions actually trillions of dollars in ukraine billions in direct aid but trillions in military equipment when i tell them that and yet i say Look at our homeless rate. Black Americans are 15 to 20% of the population. The sister's council, so we never know our real numbers, but we are over 55% of the homeless. Black women who the Democrats like to pretend they celebrate with their Black Women are Supreme t-shirts, yet Black women have the highest eviction rate in the country my district Clyburn's district has the highest eviction rate in the United States of America and black women have been being evicted at a rate that is unprecedented since the moratorium was lifted when I say to them yet we're pouring trillions in Europe but not putting any in Americans it doesn't matter if it's a white Republican who probably scoffs at the idea of reparations, or if it's an older black person who feels that I should not be challenging Clyburn, they all, all give me attention and they all ask for more flyers. Everyone can see how disgusting it is to pour trillions. And yeah, if you want to help the people of Ukraine, okay, that's fine. But my mother is a nice person. I remember when I was a kid and my mother was paying us allowance. She did it off and on. And I bought a shirt for this kid in my classroom. And my mother got upset. And she said, look, I struggled to clothe y'all. It wasn't that she didn't want me doing it for other people. It was that we had to take care of the house first before we took care of other people. Apparently, America has not gotten that lesson. This president has not gotten that lesson. Now, I'm not surprised. This guy is awful. But the fact that people in my district, this is personal experience. I have black people in my district saying they miss Donald Trump. You know, it's bad. And I'm not making that up either.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's really great to hear. I really appreciate it. And I totally am coming back in 24. Believe me. Totally well, it'll
3: back.
1: be it'll be him or DeSantis. At I this mean, rate, right we're now, yeah, we're looking tomorrow. at Ron DeSantis in 24 and, and the Democrats are delusional if they don't. I mean, our state Democrats actually think that he's running for governor this year and they're actually putting someone up against him like that's even he is so far past that like that's not even a race he needs to fight i don't even have to use his money for that when race. you're
0: having to raise or when you're raising as much money as he is raising and yeah. of course we're seeing all of these mistakes that's getting made and one thing that i do want to touch on margaret is obviously mm-hmm. being in new york we're seeing uh right now and listen uh we know that the Democratic Party has a lot of problems. I want to give a shout out—not uh, the biggest fan—but Alessandra Biaggi, who is now uh, was just announced this afternoon, is going to primary Sean Patrick Maloney, Mister DCCC Chair himself. Um, that should be Mondaire Jones that should be primarying him, but that's a whole other story. Uh, it seems like the corporate uh, establishment is really trying to crush whatever remnants of a progressive movement exists right now, even if it's within the Democratic Party. What's your assessment? based on what you're seeing right now.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's uh, I've always felt like the Democratic uh, leadership, the establishment hates uh, their left wing more than they hate Republicans. Uh, They go out of their way to dismiss them. They go out of their way to demonize them. They drop the hammer if they dare speak out. And the end result is every Democrat voted to give more money to Ukraine, every single one. No one provided pushback, a question, uh, nothing, nothing at all. And but people aren't fooled. They um, as uh, as Greg was just saying, um, people need help and they're not getting it. And they and this is not going to work out for the Democrats. But the question for me is, do they care? Uh, I think I, I always remember uh, what Biden said to at the fundraiser, uh, nothing will fundamentally change. Mm-hmm. He promised the, the oligarchic class in the U.S. that nothing was going to fundamentally change. And they, speaking of dropping the hammer, they told him, you know what, that stimulus bill is it. That infrastructure bill is all. There's not going to be any build back better. So they have this... Uh, good cop, bad cop clown show with cine- cinema and mansion. And they're like, well, we'd love to help you, but cinema and mansion, nothing we can do. Exactly. But that is a joke. And, but people know it, even if they don't know all those facts, they know that they could be helped, but that the people who could do it, it could, whether it's student loan debt, whether it's another stimulus, uh, any of the, the let's not talk about healthcare i mean the one promise biden kept is that he refused to even consider medicare for all
3: you know
0: i find that at some point the dam is going to break in the black community and something i noticed very interesting marcel that happened the other day was and i and i talked about this with chen is i noticed that conversation that you were having with a fellow candidate about where the priorities are. You put up this, what I thought, is a spectacular billboard. I think it's one of the best use of campaign money if you can raise it, yeah. because name ID is very key. Yeah. And you were talking to a fellow candidate about a black agenda and basically saying, we don't have a freaking black agenda in this country. No. We have to stop, with all due respect, worrying about people from outside the United States Or people who are here, as you said, you know, again, there could be debates about the terminology about being here illegally. But at the end of the day, the black voter is the most undermined and underappreciated voting bloc in the United States by a country mile. And And by
1: Democrats, let's be.
0: Absolutely. Yes. And and the fact that you were willing to basically say, listen, I'll take some of your slings and arrows. But I'm but you basically are saying we are tired of being the whipping boy, for your stupid party. Like at some point, either our vote matters or we're going to make sure that it does by hook or crook. And that is the way that you get things done by basically saying, my vote ain't free. So you better come and get it. would love to hear your thoughts on that conversation.
3: Absolutely. You know, first of all, Joe Biden, I call him Joe Crow. I call him the surrogationist in chief. He, the fact that... Clyburn endorsed him, knowing this man's history. People talk about Donald Trump's history of racism. Donald Trump can't hold a candle to Joe Biden's history of anti-blackness. It was Joe Biden was a mentee of some of the most notorious races in modern day Congress. Eastland. Thurman, who my family has been harmed by policies that Thurman did here in South Carolina, to which they're still trying to recover from, lost opportunities, scholarships that they could have had. Joe Biden did not just work with them. He befriended them. He wrote them deep touching personal letters thanking them. He referred to having black kids in his children's school as making it into a jungle, which is classic anti-black language, calling black people things like jungle buddies or using the, uh, the, the terminology of people being uncivilized, living in a rainforest as black people. I'm talking about not just the crime bill of 1994 that put more black people in jail than chattel slavery or since chattel slavery, but I'll talk about the damage he did in the 1970s and the 1980s, where black communities were flooded with heroin and crack. And instead of putting resources to treat this issue and the underlying causes, he did a disparity. Whereas white Americans losing using powder form. They pretty much got a slap on the wrist, if even a slap. Black Americans got the book thrown at them. Some people are still in prison because of Joe Biden's bondage. But then to tell Charlemagne, the guard, who sat there and cowardly allowed it, that if you don't vote for him, you ain't Black, had that been me, we would still be on a commercial break right now. Because he wasn't Mm. gonna say that to me. I want to say that the anger in the Black community is so thick and palatable, you can feel it. James Clyburn had his usual fish fry. And it was more chairs and volunteers out there than there were people. And when the older black people stop showing up, you know you really, really have an issue. When I get older black people, when I show them Clyburn's record and then they start complaining about Biden and how Clyburn endorsed Biden and sold them a bunch of empty promises and they tear his sticker off and ask for my flyers, you know you have problems. And I said to someone from Clyburn's team, you cannot base the future of the Democratic Party off of older Black voters for much longer. The younger Black voters, my generation and younger, are now waking up and saying what other groups say. What are you going to do specifically for us, people of our culture, our ethnicity, our race? Other groups have no problem advocating for their needs We should not have any reticence in doing it either. So you're right. Black Americans have been absolutely betrayed. And I want to be real quick. The latest example has awful massacre that happened in Buffalo, New York, where I did a comparison of Clyburn's response when the (laughs) Asian-Americans were unfortunately massacred in the massage parlor. He specified that it was anti-Asian-American hate. He said, hashtag, stop Asian hate. He then put forth the COVID-19 bill, which, you know, in policy is not specifically for Asians, but if you read the legislative text why the bill was written, they make it very clear it was because of the surge of hate crimes against Asian Americans. His tweet for the Buffalo massacre came the next day. He did not specify there was an anti-Black attack He has not put forth any legislation. He's the majority whip. He writes the legislative agenda for the Democratic Party. He has not put forth any legislation of an anti-black hate crime bill. And don't think our people, my people, are not noticing it. They are the reason the Democrats are in power. And they keep going out their way to neglect us and put every other group before us, even Ukrainians in a country over 5,000 miles away.
2: Yeah, it's uh, absolutely, you're absolutely uh, right about that. But let's be clear about the role that Clyburn plays. Uh, They'd already decided that they wanted Biden to be the nominee. So Barack Obama and the other, suddenly everybody dropped out. They all coalesced around Biden and everyone acts like Clyburn is uh, some kind of a kingmaker. He's nothing of the sort. He took direction from the top. And that's why he endorsed uh, Biden in the first place. But you are absolutely right. People are struggling with the inflation, with gas prices, with now they can't even baby formula. I'm like, what is wrong with this? Now you can't even have food for your child. I mean, it's insane. And they, now they want to make this big thing about, oh, we're, you know, the defense spending, I can't remember what it's called, uh, DPA, for to produce baby formula. And they're flying it around like, okay, okay fine. But it, it's been months that this has been going on. And it's the kind of thing that uh, elected officials, are, are the president has a bully pulpit, does he not, is supposed to do something about. Come so the, man. Most, the most basic, <laughs> the most basic things they failed to do, and they get these stooges like Clyburn, and that's that's exactly what he is. And the rest of the black political class, the uh, members of Congress, they just go along. There were even some who they used to speak up, people who were slightly radical who would push back. They are all silent. And uh, Biden has been—I I never liked him. I didn't vote for him, but he's worse than I thought, uh, See, which is—I agree, which I agree. is considerable, See, and I—I yeah, I I believe was not possible. <laughs> I believe what you say about people saying they miss Trump. I didn't you know, we didn't have World War Three on the bingo card when Trump was in office. It pains me to say that. But that's the situation that we're in. We have to we have to be honest about it.
0: And it makes it even more dangerous because now, even today, I think it was uh, I think it was the New York Times that just released an article saying that Biden said if China invades taiwan will be there too it's like god why
2: don't you just end the world now while you're at it it's, it's like come on i mean it wasn't bad enough that ukraine blew up in their faces now they want to start something with china too these people are delusional well and they're not smart happen. biden and his foreign policy team are amateurs they are not smart and i am very fearful of what they uh what they can do And whose kids are they going to send into
3: these wars? That's the thing I want to say. Biden is old. He's probably going to be dead soon anyway. But you want to send these young men and women all to fight some pointless, useless war? And, you know, I want to call out the hypocrisy here. Nancy Pelosi had the audacity to read a scripture when she was criticized about sending trillions to Ukraine. She says that scripture about when you, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you clothed me. She was pretty much saying that helping out Ukraine is helping out the world. I find that very interesting because when I say to this nation that the people who are descendants of those that were enslaved by the American government, the last piece of legislation that Abraham Lincoln signed was Special Field Order 15 to give Black Americans the 40 acres in a mule. They were going to pay the debt. And then Lincoln was a Republican. I always said to the white Republicans in my area, and the black ones too, Lincoln was a Republican, and he signed a reparations bill. Had he been alive, things would be much different in black America. He was assassinated, and Andrew Johnson rescinded Special Field Order 15 and pretty much left us open to extreme violence. Ronald Reagan did did reparations, but there's Japanese Americans that were interned. I bring up what this country owes black Americans, which is indisputable. When you have studies saying that we still get over trillions of dollars from slave built infrastructure. I'm here in Ridgeland, South Carolina. The Port of Savannah is only like 10, 15, 20 miles from me. It brings in trillions of dollars to America. Port of Charleston, a little further from me, brings in trillions of dollars, all built using slave labor. And yet you will get those same Democrats And I am calling out the Democrats who are more than willing to spend trillions in Ukraine and trillions fighting the people in China, That. They don't see any value in fighting to pay reparations to the Black Americans who built this nation, have defended this nation in every single war, sustained this nation, and contribute massively to this nation's economy while benefiting the least from it. So since Nancy Pelosi wants to quote scriptures, how about you read the part of the scriptures where when the Israelites were freed... They, the people who had who had enslaved them or did wrong to them, were forced to give them wealth and goods to sustain them throughout the generation. Or they were forced to get land to sustain them throughout the generation. Stop picking and choosing the parts of the Bible you want to quote, because there's a lot more there that we can use to talk about reparations. So
1: I'm really glad you brought up Nancy Pelosi, because now that we're now that you're talking about that. We have a story time now. We don't normally we normally wait until after guests, but I think that this might be particularly entertaining. Um, so we're going to read a part a part piece from the Kente Cloth Tales, an anthology of tone deafness. So um, Marcel and Margaret, we have various store books, and then there's like excerpts from them. So and Peter does a really good radio voice. So this is an excerpt from the Kente Cloth Tales.
0: So without further ado, once upon a time. There was a vapid, feckless mayor. You may have heard of him. He was chosen as a Manchurian candidate, puppeteered by the darkest Sith Lord in the land. The mayor, Pete, was meritlessly promoted to a cabinet position in the hope of cropping <coughs> him up for the 2024 election. When asked about the shortage of milk for the littlest tykes in the land, he smugly responded, let them drink water. The end. Did he say
3: that? The smug no. son of a bitch. Yeah. We all know. Nothing is beyond belief nowadays. <laughs> I was going
1: to say, no, he didn't actually say that, but he did. Okay. like okay.
0: This smug son of a bitch who we all know is Biden's heir apparent. They're making it pretty clear now that if he doesn't run in 24, this is the one they're going to prop um, as hard as possible.
1: Mayo Pete.
0: So he goes on national TV yesterday uh, and says that... The government should not make baby formula, even in a national crisis, because we are a capitalist nation. Well, so he said that.
3: That's even worse than let them drink water.
1: That's what he said. And so I of but, he have did, to, but but Marcel, he did it in a very
3: nice way. way.
1: So I of course have to then take his face and superimpose it over Marie Antoinette because I can't think of anything. But how tone deaf? Like given where we are right now, given what is going on, and just. I, And this is who the Democrats are going to put up.
3: Like, Can I say something real quick? People talk about the MAGA cult, you know, the Trumpers. We have the MAGA cult on the Democratic side, too, where it doesn't matter how bad they are, people will defend them. And I deal with that for some of the Black people in my district. Thank God they are a minority, but they are here. You would think this party has done something for us. You would think that Black Americans don't have the least amount of wealth where the average American family, if you take out Black Americans, has $122,000 in wealth. Black Americans had $24,000 and going down. We own only one million acres of rural land, where we used to own 16 million, but most of it has been stolen. And they will. This party hasn't written a piece of legislation to do anything about that, and some will defend them to the death. Now, this is the same government that, when the airline industry was in danger during the pandemic. They bailed them out with no problems. They bailed out the auto industry with no problem. The bacon industry with no problem. They bailed out these large corporations with no problem. They their debt. But when Americans, and this one, I don't care if you white, black, or gold, but when Americans, babies, need formula, they say, oh no, that's a bridge too far. But Ukrainians can get trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars? You know what? This is not like Marie Antoinette, at least the French had the guts to stand up and say, OK, get rid of all of them. <laughs> we need to be more like the French because the French know how to get rid of bad leaders. Somehow yeah. we forgot how. We
2: need well, yellow vests, you know, man. It's, it's funny to me in, in defending capitalism, he put his finger on the problem. The problem is capitalism. Baby, there's a handful because it's not profitable. So there's only a handful of companies. One of them had a contaminated plant. Which nobody, a whistleblower is the one who had to tell the FDA. So the problem is capitalism. Um, this should be—it's one of those things that ought, to, in my humble opinion—and and baby formula is expensive. They lock it up in stores. Yep. No, just give it to people. Even the WIC program—they have these contracts and they—it's um, mm-hmm. a monopoly for uh, the you know the few companies that still make it so he actually told on the system when he made that comment and the i and this is what they do they cut off the narrative it's like so you can't ever talk about an alternative, even when the system fails so obviously, fails so badly. Oh, we have a capitalist system we can't talk about, which fails in every... What does capitalism succeed at anymore? Oh, everybody has housing? No. Oh, people can buy housing? No. Hedge funds are buying up houses. People can't even buy them. People at medical debt. The That word just makes me crazy. Medical debt? Student, a trillion, Almost $2 trillion of student loan debt? But capitalism is the problem. And they don't even want to talk about reforming. They don't want to talk about anything, anything other than letting the American oligarchs run rampant and do whatever they want at our expense. It's interesting that you say that.
3: The hypocrisy is glaring. Like, okay, I haven't said much about the student loan thing, but I'm like, to me, some things are even not even a debate. Like Medicare fall, tuition-free college, university, like those things should not even be a debate to me. But let's say this guy, this segregationist, as I call him, he's sitting there, you know, acting like canceling student loan debt is a bridge too far. But you could have done that several times over by the amount of money and investment and equipment we've sent to Ukraine.
1: Yeah. No, the money is there. That's not, that's never the issue. That's just sort of like the great white lie, right? Like that's, that's this fiction that isn't really a thing. And, and so that's just how they use to kind of keep everybody in line. Like, well, we can't afford that. How are you going to pay for it? And I, I just, I think that this is really interesting. And I am you know, whenever I start to talk like this, people are like, oh, you're sounding like a socialist or a communist or whatever is whatever label. Somebody <laughs> and the truth is, I don't really have a problem with capitalism for non-essential items. I don't have a problem. If somebody invents some useless widget and they want and people want to pay a hundred dollars for a fidget spinner and somebody can get rich off of that, have at it, man. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But like, Healthcare, education, corrections should never be on the table.
3: Necessities, exactly.
1: Absolutely. And formula is to me, I mean, it doesn't fall under pharmaceuticals, but it kind of should. And it should be included just like pharmaceuticals should be included. So, I mean, I just think certain things, staples, should not be. But, like, yeah, if somebody wants to make a lot of money, you know, making some superfluous thing that rich people want to go and buy, fine, have at it. You know, I don't care. Yeah.
0: and even advocating for a hybrid system, which is a combination of ca- capitalism and socialism, you get such drastic pushback. Uh, it's ridiculous. Even as bad as things are right now. It's I true. mean, honestly, it really is the Titanic and they're just going down
2: with the ship like they they don't care. I mean, they They, know don't, people suffer. they don't care. They have they have made clear that this is a, as you use your expression. This is a bridge. Everything's a bridge too far. Anything that helps us uh, the, you know, and Biden's, his campaign promise about student loan debt was something very minor. It was like $10,000. He hasn't done anything, I nothing. Do that. And, uh, I, I can't recall a president who lied so much during his campaign. And that's the sinister thing. They know what people want. They know what people want because that's what they talk about when they're running for office, but we've got to stop the blue, no matter who. And people, um, to, to your uh, point, Marcel, Democrats are the most indoctrinated people. And all you I have are. to do is raise the Trump boogeyman or something else. And exactly who know what they need will suddenly say, oh, but the Republicans will get in. Well, look at Roe v. Wade. Well, it was always vote for them. They'll protect abortion rights. Well, no, they didn't. So, And they could have. They could have with legislation.
1: Yeah, I, well, you know they always use fear, and so I'm going to be really clear right now. I'm just going to put it out there: there is nothing in the whole world that you are going to be able to scare me with that is going to have me vote for Joe Biden and/or Mayo Pete and/or whatever stupid tool you put in there. I'm putting it out there right now. Hear me now, quote me later. There is it won't a happen. there
0: is a great awakening. Unfortunately, Marcel does need to depart. The floor is yours. Final thoughts oh, before his you head out, my up. friend. Put his website. What up, is friend. it? Oh. Uh, and it's Marcel for Congress dot com or Dick Marcel Dick?
3: for Congress I'm in the final stretch. South Carolina finally uh, approved early voting. And so oh, the election really begins May 31st now. So I'm in that final stretch. I have never seen my the incumbent against who I'm running, James Clyburn. I've never seen him put his face on billboards before telling people to vote for him. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's actually actually having to do some work to get elected shows that somehow I'm having an impact. And that's always been what I've said. If we see that none of these candidates are worthy of our vote, then we need to run and become the candidates that is worthy of a person's vote. That is what my ancestors did coming off the plantation. South Carolina sent the first black person to Congress, Joseph Rainey, and then Robert Smalls. And that was in 1860s. If they can do it, coming off the plantation, and going to DC, we can do it now. And we have to be big and bold. You know, one thing Elizabeth Warren said that they dream small. If they dream at all, well, I'm we gotta be bold. We gotta be bold enough to do what was right. Big small thought and small thinking is not working. Reparations is my certain piece of my platform. I have other policies, obviously, but that's the piece of my platform, and that is something for which I'm not backing down. And that's even something that Joe Biden pre- lied and said he supported and then. Now, articles are saying behind closed doors, he's telling the Democrats, don't expect too much on that. So he's betraying us every which way. But thank you all so much for having thank
1: me. Thank you, Marcel.
0: You're always welcome back, always. my friend. Say,
3: yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah. So, Margaret, he's extremely historically, like, Like I thought that was a really good, like, I was watching you, like, I know that you were kind of vetting some of that information. I, Because you know it the best.
2: You're on mute. mute. You're mute. Thank you so much. Tell people again, buy my book. Presidential.
1: Presidential. Yeah, no, it's
2: great. Thank you, which I've discussed here before. But, uh, um, you know, Marcel uh, talks about the the history of this country and uh, what is owed Black people. And now it's uh, the most basic things we're told are out of reach. And the thing that really makes me angry about the Democrats is that they say? What well, this is the best you can have. You can't. You can't ask for. You're not even supposed to talk about or think about anything other than um, uh, the the few crumbs that I don't even know that we get crumbs anymore. Did we? Where we get crumbs don't. with this? With the stimulus is like there's been a crumb since. So uh, we have to know this history, and we we have to know that. Uh, People in this country have made the greatest strides when we push back, when we have political movements, when politicians know they cannot take us for granted, when they are afraid of us. And I don't know that we're at the guillotine stage just yet. But uh, we are definitely at the stage where we need to rethink our dependence on electoral politics. And yeah. if we if we act the way we ought to, then electoral politics might get better. But this sitting and hoping and, you know, celebrating because Trump is gone, and then you get this this character in office is definitely not working
1: for us. You know, and it's funny because you say like we need to be outside of electoral politics. We always talk about the importance of both. We think labor and what's going mm-hmm. on um, in the labor movement is hugely <clears throat> important in in what we're trying to do. But um, another thing that that I that I think I just totally lost my train of thought. We were talking about labor, but um, just take a hit. You'll remember. Just take a hit. I'll remember. <laughs> This is like I think I'm getting old. No, um, maybe
0: weed actually helps you remember. Well, it so. do,
1: well, uh, I have good long-term memory. It's the short-term memory I think the what
0: we're, what we're looking at right now is a situation where they really don't know what to do no. because they know that people are getting restless and they know that corporate money See, I look at it this way. And Oh, and, I
1: remembered. Sorry, I have to say it or i forget. So this protesting that's happening outside of the justices' houses that everybody finds is so violative of their proper decorum and what we ought to be doing. And I'm like, screw that. We are so far past that now. I think anybody in a position of power should not be able to leave their home and get a moment's peace if they are acting against what the majority of people in this country want. This is supposed to be a majority rule situation. And we are not seeing that. So whether it's a, whether it's the Supreme Court, whether it's our executive branch, whether it's our legislature—I don't care who it is. If it's Kirsten Cinnamon, go into the toilet. All right, that's, that's in Margaret's house. That's the
0: wonderful sound of New, New York, York City.
1: So, like, I don't care if you want to follow people into the bathroom, as long as you're not violent. I think these people should not get a moment's rest. And, the one and thing I, don't, that, I don't
0: care at all. And the one thing you could say about Justice Kavanaugh, probably as much Ugh. as anybody, is he seems like the kind of guy that if you push him hard enough, he'll just quit. He, he doesn't. His he is so thin skinned that if you no, he'll go about, on
1: like a rape spree or something like that. Well, he's not. A be, lunatic. Let's not be too hasty.
0: But don't give
2: him any. Don't give him any ideas. I yeah, would just I say I would hope that people uh, do the same thing to Chuck Schumer to Nancy wow. Pelosi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I wrote about this a couple of uh, weeks ago, Barack Obama in 2008 campaigned saying he would pass the f- reproductive freedom. Act. I'm messing up the name. Sorry. Which right. would codify uh, abortion rights into law a few months into office. He has a um, a press conference, his hundredth day in office. And he said in his usual Obama-esque way, well, I believe in the right to choose, but I don't want to demonize anybody, but I want abortion to be rare, but we're really talking about it. And then he says, this is not a legislative priority for me. Yeah. Period. And and he could have done it. He had majorities in solid majorities in both houses of Congress. He could have done it. And I hope people, and when Pete goes to give some dopey speech about disinformation or whatever the hell else he's, trying to, to uh, nonsense he's trying to pass before the public. I hope he gets protested because these people have sold us out. They know that uh, uh, the issue of abortion rights, like others, is very important to people. So they campaign, yeah, 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 we got your back. But then when they get in, it's not my priority. Nancy Pelosi saying it's a fading issue. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton choosing a running mate is like, well, I'm pro-choice, but I'm Catholic, so not so much. And so I hope everybody protests them to go outside their houses.
1: Let me let me ask you this, because we were talking about abortion and and I, I didn't want to do this when Marcel was on, because I know that he advocates that he's pro-life. And I um, and he's also Second Amendment. And, you know, it's interesting, but he is South very Carolina. He is very representative of that constituency. He actually is. And and what I have found down here, even in South Florida, is that the idea of abortion is not something that the Black community is really all getting behind. So the concept that we tend to, as progressive people, think of as choice, of course, choice, that is not necessarily well-received in certain communities. So I was going to ask you about that. Like, what, is it, is it like a eugenics thing? Is it, like, what is that? Well,
2: it de- it depends. It depends, It's you know, and he is from the South, and, and Black people from the South are more conservative, just like other people in yeah. the South. So I'm not... Uh, really surprised. It's partly religion. It's partly traditions. Um, it's, you know, partly some kind of puritanical thing going on. But I, I still still uh, believe that there aren't many people who actually want abortion to be illegal. I really think the people who want it to be illegal are in the minority. Every Have you noticed every time there's been a referendum and people get to vote and they always pick some conservative state like Mississippi or someplace, and they'll say, ah, that, you know, they'll vote against abortion. Well, they didn't. And I think it was South Dakota or some other place. So uh, I, you know, while it's, I acknowledge that everybody isn't on the same page on the issue. I think most people agree that allowing abortion to be legal so that each individual can make up their mind is what most people want, even as we recognize um, that uh, it's not a top priority issue. But, but I, you know, I, I often think, too, when people talk about abortion, they're not necessarily being honest when you come from communities that are conservative and that are more religious, um, but women in those communities have abortion too. So it may be something people don't want to talk about, but uh, I don't see um, even more conservative folks actually saying it should be illegal. You yeah. mean you mean all of the GOP
0: legislators that get abortions for their gumas? You mean you're telling me that... that- that they're hip- hypocrites well,
1: the thing is like i have friends that are pro life i went to a catholic law school i have catholic friends like it's not they're pro-life. but they don't believe in criminalizing right. and and government intrusion in this area so and 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 that i understand believe whatever you want to believe but so i can see i can see that but the reality is and this is what i say to the people that i talk to who do want to get rid of abortion is do you support the idea of majority rule in a democracy or in a republic, or whatever you want to say our well, fiction that's, is. Well, that's and if you say. do, that's what most people support. Most people, by and large, support a woman's right to choose in some fashion or other, clearly. Like, it's not even close. It's a, it's a, it's a vast majority of people. So if you support the idea of a majority rule, then when you're in the minority opinion, you just got to suck it up, buttercup. You know, and, and well, I Well, that's, that's what I'm
2: told. I mean, that's what I, you know, uh, <laughs> black people always told that, well, you're a minority, you get, you know, sorry, too bad so it's like seriously it's and it's uh, uh and and yes you are absolutely right but i i i go back again to the way people have been betrayed by the democratic party when they had chances to to make abortion legal they did not do it when they had a chance on the supreme court so uh ruth bader Ginsburg, saint ruth She was already 80, already had cancer. Obama, you know, sort of coaxes her to step down. She won't do it. Nobody forces her out. They had they could have gotten a research, recess, recess appointment for Merrick Garland. Do it. Go big. Uh, Yes, it'll be controversial. Yeah, he might not be there for long, but damn it, do it. But they don't, and they, of course, we. And then we have to talk about all the things that didn't happen because everyone assumed Hillary would win. Uh, Can we talk about that? So um, there were a lot of lost opportunities there. Um, But they rubber
1: stamped every judge. They rubber stamped all of Trump's
2: appointments. They did. Yes. Yes, and we're always told about this filibuster. It's so funny. Democrats can never get anything passed. It's even when you're when you're in the majority, you're still in the minority. They act like it anyway. And then when they're in the minority, they act like in the minority. So, you know, when a Republican's in, he, he gets everything he wants and and they always. But then when it's anything their people want, there's always an excuse. There's always a story.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's enough is enough. And I think that we are getting to the the moat stage. I always say they're not going to be able to build their moats uh, wide enough. And I do think we're getting to that. And I. Honestly, and I am not like a a proponent of violence, but if you, and you know, historically power concedes nothing and unfortunately revolutions are generally violent. Like it's not that I want it to be that way. I'd rather it not. We offered them a compromise. It was Bernie in 2016. They said, no, we're not having that okay we'll do it
2: the hard way then you know but <laughs> well, i think you know, it's, it's it's funny i think the union drive i think you you mentioned the uh, you know the starbucks uh, unionization the amazon they had the one victory and i'm sure they'll have more we need uh, as knowledge. long as they rank and file people leading the charge instead of uh, these uh, uh union professionals i think that's mm-hmm. interesting but but um uh people are waking up but uh, you know i mean we have ways to go with the political education enough to have a, um, a general strike. Um, but, but I think people are growing more militant and it has to happen. It has to happen. We cannot go on this way, uh, living in a failed state, uh, being told that our needs don't count being told. Yeah, we screwed you over. Just get used to it. You've got nowhere else to go. Um, it's enough is enough. And, uh, I certainly, I support, uh, people, there are all kinds of ways of protesting. There are all kinds of ways of uh, having uh, movements. But right now, they don't have anything to fear. And we need them to get nervous. We need them to be uh, afraid of us.
1: Yeah, like, but I just want to say, when I see things like what happened in Buffalo with with that shooting, and I think there's so much anger and rage, and it's, of course, being directed to kick down. That's what they tend to do is other and tell us that the the source of our problems are the people that have less than you. Um, And I just want to, like, redirect people that if you're going to go on a violent rage, at least aim it in the right direction. Punch (laughs) up, people. Punch up. It's like I look at, like, if I'm some... Amazon worker that's struggling, working three jobs. I can't get baby formula on this, on that, and the, the CEO, my boss Jeff Bezos, is is walking out in front of me. I don't know that I wouldn't just lose my crap and just go crazy on him. I don't know that. Like people who who have <laughs> of medical debt and 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 they're going bankrupt from this, and they can't get their kids asthma medication and all this stuff, and they see somebody flying a giant penis in the outer space and like laughing about it, like it's just so hilarious. How many deranged people will it take before somebody just takes out one of these people? Like that's well, so, what I'm you know doing.
2: the the deranged. We have these people who are deranged, and you know this guy was racist and deranged. And we have other people, uh, uh, mass shooters, and I, I don't even know what to say anymore when I hear about the mass shootings. To be perfectly honest, it's like it's, it's all been said. Nobody they don't want to do anything about guns. They're afraid. Uh, in this case, if the person's racist, they you know downplay. Uh, The racism, as Marcel was saying about uh, uh, Clyburn and and um, and others. But we have a nation um, of people who don't who don't feel any connection with other people. And so it's easy for them uh, when they do have some kind of a, you know, problem. That's an understatement, isn't it? Um, to just lash out and and shoot or do or uh, do you remember the guy who blew up a, a whole city block in Nashville on a Christmas day a couple of years ago? I mean, he yes. came and went, nobody talked about. there, I feel like they're ticking time bombs all over the country. And um, but I believe if we had a better country, if we had a more generous country, uh, if people's needs were uh, prioritized at all, I don't even think we're a low priority anymore. I think we're not a priority. I think there would be less of this. I really do, um, but um, but that's that's where we are now with um, uh, elect leaders who are either cowards or cynics or who really don't like us at all, and I and can't wait to to help the Bezoses of the world to do us in. And uh, so yeah, the Amazon. Work, I mean, Amazon is so horrible. High rates of industry I, I, injuries, rather. Their warehouses, they actually run out of workers because they work people so terribly. Nobody lasts very long. That's the business model, not to have people who work for very long. But they their regions now where they feel like they've run out of, they can't go back. There's nobody else left for them to exploit. And um, that is something that the people have to, we have to figure out a way To respond to that. But we can start. We can start by telling the truth. We can start by saying these people don't meet our needs and stop being uh, propagandized into being silent and defending what is indefensible. I think that's a that's a good starting point for a lot of things is just to speak the truth.
0: Can a billionaire catch a break, for God's sake? I mean, really? Talk about never getting anything. And going I honestly way.
1: don't mind people having money. That's not a problem for me. I don't care how rich the rich are. I care about how poor the poor are. Yeah, but
0: we're not even that far removed from when we had a corporate tax rate that was 38 percent, not 21 yeah. percent. We're not even we're only a generation removed mm-hmm. from the top marginal tax rate being 72 percent instead of 37 <laughs> percent. I
2: have to tell you, when when Republicans get in, Democrats never undo these things. Never. So the tax cutting starts with Reagan. Every Republican had a tax cut. The, the, the Democrats who come after them. Uh, remember, remember Bush's, uh, W's uh, tax cuts were supposed to be temporary and then Obama gets in. Well, they're permanent. Ooh. And then Trump gets in and they get the biggest tax cut of all. And, has Biden undone that? No. How about something as simple? Why would they? How, how about something as simple as
0: privatizing the post office? Louis DeJoy is still the head of the post office. Like this is the, this is the simplest thing that Biden could have done. That didn't require anything other than no. let's just put somebody in who isn't actually going to destroy one of the oldest institutions in the history of the country. But no, let's do that. Let's just keep him in there. Cause that makes sense. And something that I find very interesting, Margaret, that I did want to talk about with you and Marcel, but we'll obviously we'll address because I think it's very relevant to this conversation. They did a, poll recently regarding trust in the media. And we all know what kind of media we're talking about here.
1: That's not media. Well, it's media. Yeah, it's just not news.
0: When it comes to people who identify as Republicans, it's like 22, 24%. If you're an independent, it's about 27, 28%. If you're a Democrat, it's 76% that you trust the media. To me, Of all the things that you could draw a line in the sand on and say, yeah, this is a really big problem. I would say that probably more than anything else. Now, unfortunately, this is not done by age demographic. I'm willing to bet that over the age of 65, that it's probably in the high 90s. But I do believe that the suburban and urban liberal that is married to CNN and MSNBC
2: Really believes
0: everything that they say.
2: Yeah, they do. I mean, they really do. Yeah. Well, absolutely, absolutely. When I said they're the most propagandist, I meant it quite literally. I mean, the the mega hat wearers have, don't hold a candle to them. No, uh, they uh, believe in um, it's it's like a uh, they worship a class of people or so. I mean, something very very strange. They identify so closely. With these uh, uh, politicians and with I mean, who still likes Hillary Clinton? I mean, my God, oh. it's like she. How did Trump? She messed up. Trump became president because of her. Why do you still like her? But uh, they and they've actually believed that it's their fault if the Democrats lose. No, it's your. It's their fault. It's like you raise a billion dollars and can't win. I guess it's on you. Too but um, but they. But you're absolutely right. It is frightening to me. Uh, If, you know, if uh, Rachel Maddow told them to jump off a cliff, they would head for the mountains Um, and no discernment, no pushback, no demands, just that they love these people and love what they stand for. Uh, It's quite um, it's quite scary to me, really. And that means Democrats can get away with a lot more. My late colleague, Glenn Ford, used to say uh, Democrats are not the lesser evil. They're just the more effective evil. And I think that's still true.
1: Yeah, they're just so scared of Trump. And what's interesting is if he weren't as horrible as he is in terms of he's just so loathsome like he is, he's disgusting and he comes off disgusting. Now, we know that policy wise, six one, half a dozen of the other. And in some cases, whatever. But I'm trying to you have. No, some- you
0: totally miss me. I'm really great. And we're totally coming back in 24. And you know why we're coming back, Jen? Why are we coming back? Because we're making America great again. Again. I totally came up with that All slogan. Right.
1: Go, go. So because he's so disgusting, it's like, you know, if he were, let's say, Mitt Romney, right? The Democrats, they are him. Like, yeah. it's not only really, is that not scary, like, that would be very acceptable to them. And that's like why they dislike Trump isn't what the problem is. I mean, yes, he is gross, but but that's not the issue with him,
0: I don't know if hell exists or not, but so I scared. will tell you that if hell does exist, that George W. Bush is going there, and when his whole he, administration
1: should already be there. And
0: the love affair that the that the liberal class has had with him over kidding? the past five years has been. They should all go with him, as far as I'm concerned, because well, I he, he
2: likes—he's got a crush on Michelle, and he gives
0: her. I was her going crazy. to say, it's
1: disgusting. Her and it, like that disgusts me. And I will say, and everyone knows this, that of all of the most recent buffoons that have been sitting in that office, Obama is by far the biggest disappointment to me. And I think that for me, and I can just speak for myself, I had higher expectations. W, I knew was an idiot. I had no expectations.
2: <laughs> well. It's <laughs> I think it not, nice. You know, there's so much continuity, as we've just said, and it, it's continuity from president to president. And George, you you mentioned Bush with his little Freudian slip and admitting mm. that his Iraq was a war crime and this uncalled for war in Iraq. I mean, Ukraine. It was a pr- I, I loved it, though. It was a perfect <laughs> uh, moment. But you can't get the liberals who didn't like him. You can't get them to start disliking him again. You can't. You can't. Um, well, he, he Trump ruined it. You. Well,
1: because, because tr- that's the thing is that Trump has made W seem so palatable. And it's like that entire administration should have been tried for war crimes. Although the truth is, you know, per your book, you could probably go back to any living administration. Sure, you could
2: have, but I, I just say to people, you know, when they talk about this, everyone has this contest. Do you think Putin is a war criminal? <sighs> and I'm like, you could, you know, I I know there's a school of thought that says war is illegal and always wrong. So if you believe that, you could say that. But if you didn't call George W. Bush a war criminal, if you didn't call Obama a war criminal for destroying Libya, then don't call anybody else one either. Exactly. Um, but uh, now we're but these people, they show themselves when they do this. It's like now you like Bush, this horrible man, I mean, who stole an election who literally literally stole an election the war in iraq the erosion of civil liberties all these things that liberals claim to care about Uh, not anymore not
1: anymore You know he's disgusting, but I expected him to be right. Like I mean, I was living in Texas during that election, and so I he was our governor, and so I knew he was a buffoon. Like I I expected him to be, and then Cheney is evil as any. There is nobody more evil than Dick Cheney. So (laughs) those two together. Oh well, he's immortal. He's sort of like a dark Sith Lord. Like he'll his body will decay, but he'll still always be alive.
2: Henry Kissinger is about to be ninety nine. Talk about war criminal and and, and so, they always seem to live the longest.
1: And and look, and that should have been a red flag for anybody who liked Hillary. She loves Henry Kissinger, like that's her idol in life, as Henry. Kissinger. She just she just gave this amazing know, she, thing to Madeleine Albright, yet another war criminal,
0: yeah. Or, uh, well, then of course, you also have Madeleine Albright, so I, yeah, that's you know, so what you I just said,
1: yeah. No, no, an she loved animals. Kissinger, he's disgusting, he is like the dark Sith Lord.
0: But I do think it was very telling when he slipped the other day when he said, Uh, we're uh. You know, uh, he's, he's a he's a war criminal, and he did all that terrible stuff in, in Iraq. Uh, I I mean, uh, I mean, Ukraine. Uh, you know, Iraq too. And it's almost like, yeah, I'm a war criminal. He probably what?
2: says Iraq. No, but and, and then he and then he said, well, you know, I'm 70 years old. You know, what do you what do you want from me? And people and the people in the audience laughed, ha ha ha. And yeah, you know,
0: it's so funny. You yeah, know, he's I tell so you what, funny. I tell you what would be because if there isn't a hell, but he claims to be a Christian, I certainly hope that he lives every day the rest of his life thinking that's where he's going. Because that is hell on earth. He
1: doesn't, he's oblivious. But that entire administration, like those people should not be able to have a moment's peace without people calling nope. them out as war criminals.
2: Nope, they should be afraid to leave their homes, afraid yes. to leave the country. They should be afraid they're going to be snatched up at any moment. Yes, they should all uh, live in fear instead of Dick Ch- Do you remember January 6th anniversary? They had Dick, for some reason, Dick Cheney it's was hating. at the front of the line.
1: I was like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, we did a story time about that. Actually. We have to
0: save our democracy, and Dick Cheney's on our side. They really think, I'm telling you, Margaret, I, people really think that uh, there's something to be said for the amount of, uh, you know, what you would call, you know, cultism that is involved around Trump. And it, it certainly exists, but my God, the cultism around neoliberalism um. is amazing. Amazing.
1: If you can rehabilitate Dick Cheney, you stand for nothing. Like that's, that's a not, like, I can't even believe we're having. That's very basic. It's like, come on
2: people. It's like morality 101. (laughs) Honestly, do you even, can,
0: can you even really, I mean, listen, I think they're as scum of the earth as it gets, but can you really get that mad at Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt for starting the Lincoln project and basically, you know,
2: Getting what rich scam. That years. was a brilliant scam. A yeah. bunch of conservatives tricked liberals into giving them millions of dollars. They're still oh right. Winners. Yeah. I mean, listen, you got to yeah, the, hate the
0: hate the game, not the player. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> they figured out a way to make, uh, you know, make a bunch of dumb, you know, rich people who have nothing better to do. And again, I don't know if it's going to change on the electoral side, because I got to tell you, um, I really like Charles Booker and, and he hopefully is going to be on our podcast very soon. <laughs> I think he has a very slim-to-none chance of beating Rand Paul, but I think if he was the nominee against Mitch McConnell, I think he would have had a puncher's chance. Yes. Probably wouldn't have won, but you know what? He, he would have done better
1: had, than Amy McGrath.
0: Uh, a lot better than Amy McGrath. And what never gets talked about with Amy McGrath, every liberal on the coastline was so enamored with Amy <laughs> McGrath and she was going to do this, that, and the other thing. I mean, talk about setting money on fire. What, they put she, $80 million She's dollars a woman,
1: her? and she was in the military.
0: Does anybody not remember that this woman spent millions of dollars on campaign ads for Trump in Ohio and Iowa? Yeah, I guess that gets forgotten about. That never gets talked about. I just about. don't
1: think he can... I, I just don't think Rand Paul is hated enough. Like, Mitch McConnell is a pretty evil person, and, and it's very easy to kind of hate him. Rand oh, Paul, well, oh, I don't it's make hate him. <laughs> but, like, Rand Paul, I just don't think, like... Gets that type of ire. And as much as I don't particularly care for him, he's not bought. Like Rand Paul, at least, like,
0: could be an idiot.
1: Oh, he, fine, whatever, but he's not corporate bought. And he actually, like, you know, stands his ground and does his thing. And he's I the one
0: person, he's the one U.S. Senator. And this is where Bernie definitely deserves the ire. Rand Paul is the one effing senator who's standing up there saying, we can't account for the $40 billion you're going to give to Ukraine. Yeah. You don't want to earmark it. You don't want to say
2: nothing. Rand Paul's. Well, I hope, you know, we, uh, you know, being, and, we, uh, you know, it's a funny thing. I'm, I'm glad you brought that out. It's the democratic leadership. That's the most dictatorial that clearly demands nobody ask a question. So Republicans, so Mitch McConnell will say, okay, let Rand do his thing. I, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Democrats. It's like everybody must be in lockstep. step. No one can deviate. Nobody can ask. And and Bernie and the squad and the progressive caucus and all of them, they're a waste. They're an absolute waste, all of them, that they just stood. I mean, well, you know, we saw Bernie during the campaign. I like Joe. I think he can be president. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just supposed to be running against him. But um, but that's where we are. We have these they're either cynics or cowards or uh, they, you know, they um, justify their actions some kind of way. But in the end, in the end, we get the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the question becomes, we get
2: um, a bowl of poo. That's what
1: we get. Not a half full bowl,
0: which is like, I said,
1: I would argue that we have several bowls.
0: And, and I, and I, and like I said, and we can bring the conversation full circle this evening, you know, look, I have, uh, a lot of issues with Alessandra Biagi uh, she is only where she is because of her, with all due respect, criminal family history. Um, and that is what happens with a lot of people. Uh, they end up getting, you know, it's the sins of the father, as they say. Or in her case, I think it was her grandfather that was a federal okay. criminal. And it's like, yep. OK, uh, but you know what? At least she has the balls to challenge power. You know, Mondaire Jones literally rolled over and died for the party. It was his district. And Mister, I'm going to hide behind the fact that I'm gay, Sean Patrick Maloney, who's the head of the DCCC. Oh yeah, Mondaire. Yeah, listen, I think I'm going to run in your district, and I'm going to need you to step aside. Oh, okay, old white man. Okay, uh, I'm I'm (laughs) some stuff. I mean, I I, want to get in your way. I mean, I really like my congressional seat here, but uh, you know, if, if you want it, let me go run in District 10, where we already have. Three other reasonably good progressives running in that seat. Oh, and Bill de Blasio is running in that seat, too. But yeah, Mondaire, that makes a lot of sense. Go run in there. Dude, if you just stood up to Maloney, you would have had at least a couple of million dollars behind you to save your seat. And you have the incumbents' advantage. And now you're going to go do this? At least by Aggie, to her credit, is going to run in a much harder race. And now our friend, Melanie DeRigo now has a much more realistic chance oh, of winning New York's third congressional Yay. district. Somebody in the progressive movement not only had guts, but was actually willing to do the right thing for more than just themselves. That's a rare thing. So credit to her, but shame on Mondaire for rolling over. I like
1: didn't that. realize all that was going on. That's pathetic. Does something happen? just happened Margaret, today. you know, you're, you're a historian. So when people first get to the Capitol, did they go through some sort of device? I picture it looks sort of like when you go through security at the airport and it pulls your spine from your neck and pulls it out. Like you get despined like you would do to like food if you were preparing it.
2: Like did something happen to them? I I think I think a lot of them are phony. I think some of them. In their heart of hearts, that's what they believe. But a lot of them are phony. And so, you know, when I I think it started when AOC won, uh, people realized they could have get money behind being progressive. But it was marketing, and uh, so uh, voters thought they were going to get what they wanted. So the big money follows. Like, okay, a progressive can win. Let's all claim to be progressive. And the leadership was like, "Y'all do what y'all want to do." Because guess what? Mama Nancy, what does she call her? Mama Um, Bear. Mama Bear is still in charge and she doesn't care what you claim to be when you were running or who gave you money. It's not going to... not going to change anything for her. So uh, the spine uh, uh, excising machine—that is sort of assumes they had spines in the first place. Okay, and well I'm that's sure a fair
1: thinking. point. That's a fair. <laughs> I will still stand by my Katie Porter. You know, I still like Katie the best. She is the one that stood up for Nina, and no one else did. When Mark Pokhan said, There's two good progressives running for that seat, um, and actually said that with a straight face.
0: Margaret, one last thing I want to mention before you go. You know, we were in Cleveland um, to help Nina. And mm-hmm. the one thing that we took away from the experience of being there is how few uh, ground troops, if you will, were actually there. Now, there could be a lot of reasons why that happened. Now, of course, Everybody left Nina at the altar, and it's disgusting beyond words. Uh, But what I will say is that, and if you know Cleveland, there are five colleges and universities that surround Mm -hmm. the district. You have the university. um, You have uh, John Carroll University. You have Notre Dame College. You have Case Western Reserve University. You have Cleveland State University. You have Cuyahoga County Community College, where she is a professor. And the fact that there was only 10, maybe 12 volunteers on Saturday morning. The weekend of the election,
1: the last GOTV weekend, we were there and there was there there were not that many people in there.
0: One thing that also does not get talked about enough is that there are tremendous grifters within these non-corporate campaigns, even the ones that are supposed to be there representing working people. The grifters find their way into these campaigns and they make a (laughs) lot of money.
2: Oh, sure they do. Because, I mean, to you know, as I was just saying, now they know, ah, there can be money in a so-called progressive race. But to make a long story short about Nina, she shouldn't have run as a Democrat. She should run as an independent.
0: That, unfortunately, could not have worked in that particular district under any circumstances. That's like doing that
1: in my district. like you. Yeah. Uh, what, just, uh, where,
0: but, but I'll tell you where I do think running as an independent actually does work. Where I think running as an independent works is in these specific districts throughout the country where there's one party rule. Now, that can absolutely draw attention because there are districts, whether in New York, whether in a state like Texas, there is only one party. And very often what you end up getting as a result is a rhino or dino that represents these districts. So if you had somebody who was running outside of the duopoly, and we are, since you brought up running as an independent, we are going to have on Wednesday, Michael Schellenberger is our guest, and he is running for governor of California as an independent. California is a one-party Democratic state, but people are sick of the Democrats in California, but they're not going to vote for the GOP. They're definitely okay. sick of Newsom. If that's the case, then a candidate with a reasonable amount of money who is campaigning basically on environmental policy, uh seems to know his stuff, isn't a big fan of the left. Okay, fine, we'll have him on. We'll have our little, you know, banter back and forth. But people need to have balls. You know, the one thing I always say about Trump and DeSantis, the reason they're so popular is because no matter how much, and we we didn't even get into the culture war tonight. The one thing that never changes in this country, people like leaders who have balls and are willing to kick ass and take
2: Oh, well, they do. people like I remember years ago I couldn't stand Mayor Ed Koch and I worked <sighs> with a guy who said to me he said you know what I like about Koch he's fearless he just does whatever he wants to do and you're right there that does appeal to people but the other issue about Nina Turner is it let's suppose she did win would she be another phony would we have another progressive phony I hate to think of her that way but the- I don't see it but this, uh, you know, uh, that's just too much disappointment. Uh, too many experiences with these people who, you know, campaign, say all the right things, and then they get in. So, um, you know, so who knows? It's 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 unfortunate though. But I, it's it it says something about her that she just didn't get people out or couldn't get people out. That's, uh, that's there's very a lot of variables. I'm, I'm surprised. Okay. I'm surprised to hear that.
1: There's a lot of variables that we think are at play like we did like sort of our post game and stuff and I haven't spoken with her yet and I will at some point like to talk about some of the stuff but um, there were several factors it wasn't like one thing, but I definitely feel like she is very, very loyal. And in some cases that that loyalty might be misguided and abused. And taken advantage of. And I think that there were people that weren't necessarily looking out for whether or not she wins as much as whether or not they can get their paycheck from the campaign. And th- there are there some things that we know that went down that lend itself to me just thinking, you know, Nina is just very, she's loyal. She's loyal and she's trusting and I just, I, I, like, I think that, that is a
0: good, and then believe me in politics, that's actually oh, a great thing because it's, it's so rare, yes. but unfortunately every, every where you turn, there is an opportunist lurking. There is somebody who is going to do it. There were opportunists. Um, not going to name any names, no. but I know of at least two of them that were part of AOC's team when she got elected and they ended up going out and doing their stupid thing and, What You know, the people who are really in it for the right reasons, they are so far and few between. It is amazing. Everyone, they get sucked in. And I still say that the biggest problem with with Alex is that she loves the life. And there are people who get elected into high office that the bells and whistles are there it's almost impossible to turn them away. And I think one of the only reasons why Katie Porter is such a bright light is because you can tell she doesn't give a crap about that stuff. No. That's not what motivates her. She's a typical soccer mom from Orange County, California, who just knows her shit. And she's really good at it. And the normies love her because they love her shtick with the, with the whiteboard. But you know what? If that's what- I does, love
1: her shtick with the whiteboard too. And, at do. least
0: it's being done for a good cause. I do.
1: <laughs> a watching Horses, Mantle, Big Pharma guys and all that is one of the most glorious things to get to watch when you're talking about them doing their job. But when I you appreciate have, it.
0: But when you have 534 other representatives, and I'm not saying they're all bad, but when you have that many others and most of them suck, that's a big problem. And the fact that Biden never uses the bully pulpit, despite the fact he claims he cares. We know he doesn't. And the fact that the squad, in many instances, could have held up legislation, they were holding up Build Back Better, unless they got that first before the infrastructure bill, and they caved. There was no reason to cave. If they had to hold it for a goddamn year, then you do it, and you use your platform to say, this ain't us. This is him. They said we were getting Build Back Better. You you don't like the fact that we're not getting a living wage or doing something about uh, the child tax credit or the fact that we have no health care. You think that's our fault because we're holding up the bill? That's their fault. And they never attempted to use the bully pulpit. It's it's absolutely sickening. And like we said, if you have balls and are willing to take names, you're going to catch heat even from those normie Dems. But the people are eventually going to come to your side. That's how it works.
2: Yeah, but they don't have courage. They're not revolutionaries. We need revolutionaries to do all the things that we've just been talking about. And we d- we don't have that now.
1: Yeah, like I look at Bernie now and it's like and I appreciate everything he has done because he brought us to a place where talking about healthcare is on the table where it really wasn't before that campaign. So he definitely carried a torch for this movement a very mm-hmm. far way and did a lot. But Bernie is a reformer, not a revolutionary. And that is a difference. And I, and I see that. And when I look at someone like Alex and I say this, like, she's young enough to be my kid. And I look at her and I think she's, there's definitely a wisdom and maturity factor that she doesn't quite have and, and definitely wanting to be part of the club. But I look at it as such a missed opportunity, you know, like she could have been like the political Katniss Everdeen. She could have, like her platform. her platform is huge. And she really has some power that she just has never really used. And it's I I, I do think a lot of it is maturity and, um, you know, what what her real goal is in terms of career and what that is for her. I don't know. But, um, yeah, you're right. It's it's a courage thing. And I think you need to have people in there that don't particularly want to be there. You need people that don't want that job going in and serving and just doing what they need to do because when people want that job they just want to live there.
2: Well, it's like well didn't she say so what if you only serve one term? Did she not say That That changed very very quickly. But don't
0: worry, she had a tax the rich shirt at the Met gala. And for somebody who lives Eat in New- and for somebody who lives in New York City, the level of decadence that that event represents and lo and behold, Hillary, of course, managed to make her way to that event oh, it's this disgusting. year. You
1: know what? It, it's, it's nonsense. I hate that stuff. And I will say this: as somebody who doesn't participate in any of that nonsense, I will say just like this: the Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn's dress actually offends me. Like that is something. Like, are you kidding me? Like, seriously? Like, is nothing sacred to that woman? No,
2: <laughs> no, nothing. Nothing is sacred. Yeah, she she lacks gravitas and. Oh. Uh, I and I don't know if she has the uh, self perception to own it Ugh. and to to do better, but uh, but we can't. But the thing for us to learn is that we cannot depend on these individuals, and we no. really have no. to rely on ourselves.
0: We have to continue this outside movement that really really focuses on labor and the environment. Exactly. Stick to those two things. There could be somebody who comes along and galvanizes the movement, but it has to be a scorched earth movement. It has to be. We're kicking ass and taking names. I'm so there. The first person that Where's comes, the first person that comes to mind is Jesse Ventura. <laughs> and I don't know if he would be willing to go for it or
1: not. He's also we're just I'm also I'm, I would sweet talk because I really want to get him on the show.
0: Yeah. And I listen, love Jesse. Uh, you know,
1: <laughs> do you know, Jesse, Margaret? I do not know him. No, I'd love to get him. That, on the show.
0: Well, yes. And listen, you know what? There's and there are and there are good people out there. You know, uh, the, we love Nina, uh, you know, Marianne Williamson. Uh, there's even Joe Sandberg in California. You know, some of them have been floated. The truth is, if there's going to be an opportunity in 24, it's going to have to be from somebody who's not currently inside the system. And people yes, need that's to true. that. So with that said, guys, if you haven't Currently picked up a copy Thanks, of Prejudential by Margaret Kimberly. You can go to Amazon. No, there, oh, no. And yeah. you
1: could also audio book it because I audio book it. And if you audio book it, it's actually Margaret who does Ooh. the audio. That's true.
2: It's true. I do the, um, uh, it's actually me you hear, but it's Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble. You can, uh, .com is an audiobook. You can get it from publisher Steerforth Press, Steerforth.com and just, uh, to awesome. your Local you bookstore, it. local independent bookseller—they will gotcha. order it for you if they don't yeah. have. It.
1: Guys, presidential is great. Actually, and what's cool is you don't even have to go and order. You can pick any president and start there. Like it's great. Like I, I love that. That it's just so, like. <laughs> Yes. I'm still holding out hope for Carter. I saw something the other day on TV. It was like a thing on one of those like biography channels about Carter. He's still my least offensive. I'm, oh. I'm going
2: with that. Uh, uh, and he's, uh, he's uh, hanging in there. He's almost a
1: hundred. No is- one's done post-presidency what that man has done. Nobody has walked the walk in terms of giving back like he has post That's office. True. And I appreciate that. And I, you know, I just think that when I see him out there, like literally building homes for homeless people, I think about, I don't recall Bush doing anything like that.
0: <laughs> no, Bush is built, busy destroying homes in the Middle East. Yeah. And on that note, Margaret <laughs> Kimberly, we love you. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, as you. so
2: much. It's good to be back.
0: Absolutely. Always. And we'll Thanks, see Margaret. you soon. Thank Have you. Have a
2: great night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And she was? Lovely, always. But I, you know, that's, there's certain people that I just... How can we shift the Overton window as much left as possible? Also, progressives need to fight knowing they have massive opposition. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is something that is, this is a common denominator among anybody running in a non-corporate race, is you're going to fight within the Democratic Party, if not as much, even more than, possibly, than the Republican Party. Um, They do not want the left faction coming up with them. They actually like their Overton window just exactly where it is, which is them in the center and the Republicans to the and right. And again, of the
0: reason why uh, Vicen- Vicenzi, I guess is it, How do you? Well, Viché. I'm going to say that. Viché. 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 Viché? Say that. I don't know. One of the reason why, and again, the biggest reason why they don't want the left in any way, shape, or form pulling levers of power in the Democratic Party is because the left is not all about corporate power. And so once you move away from that, you see why it becomes so vicious because for them it's all about the bottom line they are fine with the GOP because the GOP sees it the same way it's well you know we can disagree on wedge issues but when it comes to corporate special interests oh we're on the same team maybe the money party that's all that yeah
1: happens. I I really don't have to agree with somebody on all the issues to to support them to vote for them and to like them it doesn't have to be like Marcel he's pro-life and yet, if I lived in that district, I'd vote for him. Hell yeah, I'd vote for him, and that's generally not a you know a policy that I would support. And yet it infuriates me about Cuellar that they're all lining up behind that pos because he's a corporate whore. Marcel is fighting for regular people, so you know that's the difference. I I don't mind. I, I think what we do to move it to the left is we watch them lose horribly to the right this year, because that is what the 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 wave is going to be like they're going
0: to all drown. I really, um, again, and, and Jen knows this, like I, I you- really do, um, you know, I really do like Marianne Williamson and I do think that she could, you know, start a fire, so to speak. But if there is an opportunity for Jesse Ventura to run for president, if there ever was a time where you can have that type of a candidate galvanize, you know, the You want to call it the left, the non-corporate, the the, just the the working class like I could see. I mean, listen, Jesse did it as an independent in Minnesota. He was the governor and he was an independent. I
1: agree. I agree. Um, But, you know, in in, they're talking about the only fans. Um, I wouldn't have an OnlyFans page. First of all, I I don't do social media. It's just not my thing. And I I just think that's a bad move politically also. Like, it's just not a smart move. Like, that's the kind of thing that I would say, oh, someone says I should have an OnlyFans page. And he'd be like, yeah, that's not happening. So um, it's not a good plan. But, you know, as far as the not wanting to see me naked, I was a Hooters waitress in college. Not that that's naked, but, you know, I was cute back in the day. I'm just saying. And I would never have an OnlyFans page. It's not my thing.
0: We have a new friend that we have made recently that is somebody who I consider to be part of our coalition. Uh, this friend um, is learning the hard way how politics is done here in South Florida, is insistent that you can sort of penetrate this divide or you know, get along with these uh, niche groups. Uh, there was a gala this weekend that this person attended and a group of individuals, uh, or we'll just say a group that doesn't like Jen and doesn't like what we're trying to do, uh, basically ghosted this person. And
1: I didn't know anything feel, about this. Thanks for sharing. I didn't know. Any, I didn't know anything about this. Doesn't oh.
0: matter. Not like you would go anyway. Um, no. But they are. Big fish in little ponds, they don't really care about actually changing anything. They are completely content to just, you know, kind of circle the drain. And as long as the area that they're representing, because it's dominant blue, so to speak, uh, can continue, they don't care. They don't care how many people they piss (laughs) off. They don't care how many people that they push away. Uh, It's a problem. It's a big problem. But. Well, now I
1: kind of figure you want, yeah, no, there's definitely this, the, the mean girls here that don't like me. And that because I don't play with them. And I also won't have anything to do with the Democratic Party. I won't give them a dime. I won't. So like, I can't, I'm not going to join their clubs. I'm not going to go to their functions. I'm not going to pay for their dinners. I'm not supporting their fundraisers. I won't give them a dime. My, the entire premise of what I'm doing is to actually, you know, transform politics into service. So if people are giving me money anybody who contributes, you give us a super chat. And then the idea that I would take any portion of that and give it to the party is ludicrous. So I don't give them anything. I'm registered as a Democrat because if we do decide to do this again, that's really the only way to do it. Um, But I won't give them a dime. I won't give them a dime. I won't go to their meetings. I won't talk to their little friends. I don't want to have anything to do with them. I think they're feckless. I think they're vapid. And I just have no interest in affiliating with them. And that, for me, is pretty local. Like, I I can't speak as, like, if I lived in Long Island, I would hang out with a Long Island activist. You know, like, there's certain groups that would be worthy. We don't have that kind of group down here in South Florida. The Democrats here are just, it's I would take it a
0: step further, and I would blame groups like that as the reason why DeSantis and the GOP are so powerful. Because there is no counter to what they do. No, And the type of counter that they do is the type of counter that doesn't actually attract people into the coalition, it turns them away.
1: But they don't care. They just like to maintain their little fiefdom. Like they, for them, they like to be big fish in the small pond. So they keep out anybody else that could potentially, you know, compete. But it's really pathetic. There's like this group of girls that they just sort of run for things and run their friends, and just their goal is to just be in politics.
0: The other thing that our friend mentioned, which I thought was very interesting, that this person particularly found to be, I don't wanna say reprehensible, but just emblematic of the problem. They hold these events so they can give each other rewards. Oh, yeah. And talking about the waste of money, the waste of resources, the waste of time, that's what this is.
1: Well, none of these people care about serving. They serve themselves. They care about their careers and politics. All these girls locally, that that's what they do. Like, they're just about being in political positions and giving their friends consulting jobs on campaigns. That's it. It's a business for them. It they is. don't actually care about serving. But this
0: is just at the local level of essentially what the DNC and the DCCC do on the regular. Yeah. This is just at the local level. Well, at our but state it's party, is thing. particularly
1: egregious. Like, that's the other thing. Like, our state party takes money from Walmart and Big Sugar.
0: So That's just scratching the surface. Yeah, so
1: I'm that. not gonna affiliate with them in any way, Shape or form, like there's no way I'm. I want nothing to do with them. No. Um, and yet, um, unfortunately, in this district, the only way to get anywhere is to be registered as a Democrat.
0: We hope you'll tune in on Wednesday night because I have to say, I really do think that there is a realistic chance. Considering how many people will probably run, and considering how things will go on the Democratic side, I really think that there's a there might be a puncher's chance that Michael Schellenberger could be in the top two in the jungle primary in California. I do think that there is a chance at that. And
1: just so people know, we've had him on before. He actually was one of our earliest guests on this show, like a year and a half ago, um, because he is very knowledgeable about nuclear energy. Um, And of course we get crap from people, like certain people on the left that just, they can't fathom that as an option because they're like black and white. Everything's all or nothing. District 23,
0: Um, which will now be district 25. Yeah.
1: Now I'm 25, but it was 23. And, um, But, you know, we've had some district changes, which was one of the key reasons I wasn't interested in participating this year. I knew it was going to be a nightmare. Such a. I knew it was going to be a nightmare. I saw the writing on the wall with the census and the redistricting. And I'm like, anybody, in my opinion, who's running a grassroots campaign in a place where they don't know their district lines is wasting their time. I I just I I don't understand how you can do that like when you're a corporate campaign sure it doesn't matter where the lines are you're going to blanket the whole place with commercials and mailers and it doesn't really matter where the lines are money is no issue when you're a grassroots campaign and you depend on canvassing I don't see how you can possibly do that without knowing where your district lines are and we just got ours like a couple weeks ago yep. So for us to have even contemplated that, like there was just no way I was going to play that game.
0: We're also going to be speaking with Jeff Waldorf, who is part of TYT Network. He has been a content creator on YouTube for, I believe, about seven years. He's a good guy. Uh, Looking forward to chatting with him. Um, We will have a military panel, possibly a super special guest for Memorial Day. Keep you posted on that. Possibly. Possibly. Possibly.
1: I'm not. Keeping my fingers crossed. All right. I ha- can, 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 can I put pass. this up again? Because I don't think we really gave it its due. I really worked hard on this graphic. I think it's a good one. I think it's good. Guys, do you think, I think I really got the facial expression. I think I picked the right face for him. You know, you always got to find the right face and the right face direction to sort of superimpose it with whatever you're doing. I well, just, there's
0: also the uh, the image, uh, the, the spliced image of Pete him and Reagan. Reagan.
1: I know, but I just thought for this, that sort of like almost angelic, like, look to his face was just so apropos. He is just such a douche. <laughs> he is just such a douche. People, we have fallen so, so far. We have fallen so far. You know, the so great far. thing,
0: the one thing I will say, and, and we can close with this one of the great things about having Pete basically be the front man for the Democratic establishment for the foreseeable future is the fact that he really is a Manchurian candidate. Uh, He was picked out of obscurity. He has minimal experience as a mayor of a small town. And no,
1: no, no. Actually was
0: crappy. And a terrible mayor. Um, But I would
1: like to say, if anybody's interested in who is the Dark Sith Lord that puppets young Mayo Pete. Jordan
0: Sheraton. Check out status quo.
1: No, but that's not who the Dark Sith Lord is. The Dark Sith Lord would be Hillary. Oh, yeah. Hillary Clinton is the dark Sith Lord that is the puppeteer. Like if you were going to give credits, you know, it's a Pete Buttigieg puppeteered by Hillary Clinton. And I just, you know.
0: I'm not allowed to comment
2: on that.
1: And so, yeah, no, he's team Hillary, um, as is Kamala. If they were wearing NASCAR suits, it'd be like Hillary Clinton Foundation logos all over them. And um, so, yeah. And I, anybody... <laughs> you're here every show that's the best part it's like like, if somebody wants to hate us as much good it's so good for the algorithm well if you
0: even if you hate watch and you really like what we have to say (laughs) i wish we had a thousand or a hundred viewers i mean we're gonna work on building the audience trying trying but But we actually
1: try to have good content yes
0: patreon.com forward slash generational change yeah if you like what we do as little as five dollars a month, he could become a patron.
1: Shout out to new patron stuck in the middle. Thank you, thank and you Osiris. thank you, Osiris. Um, and I, 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 he, he definitely joined as stuck in the middle. So that's why. I mean, I don't mind saying who it is, but that's why I didn't just say thank you, Osiris. Oh, well, I think we got to add that stuck stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. So that was really cool. But yeah, you know, we try to get really good guests, good information, try to keep people informed, have actual journalists come and give us updates on things um, and keep it remotely entertaining. Honestly, the thing that I love the most about this is the excuse that it gives me to like get to meet people and authors and talk to them because even and especially people that they don't big league us that are really big people that will give us the time of day. Like John Nichols is coming back. Yes. Okay. So like people like that, that they just want to come on and talk to us because they know that we actually are trying to do the right thing and trying to promote the right, the right books and the right message. And I love that. And if I didn't have this show, I wouldn't have the same excuse to get to talk to like people. I wouldn't be able to necessarily be chatting with Margaret. (laughs) So I love that.
0: We've met some good people. really tremendous people. Um, I'd love to get Jesse Ventura. I think Jesse Ventura. Yeah. I mean, um, like I said, you know there are some possibles out there that I may very Jesse. well run for president. But I really feel like no, I mean on gotta, the show, yeah, I want to no, get that, Jesse. Well, that too, that too. But I feel like Jesse's Jesse could actually. I thought Jesse would have caused a real firestorm. Yeah, I do too. If he was on the Green
1: Party. Ticket. Look, let's not forget he's not just somebody outside. Outside. He actually won as an independent as a governor. Like that's pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, You know, and and, chose
0: not to run again.
1: Yes, exactly. But, and I would also recommend his book. If you haven't read Jesse Ventura, he's a lot of books, but the one that my favorite was Democrips and Rebluticans. I got to read that. It's so good. And it basically draws the parallel between the parties to gangs. Um, I say somewhere between, to me, it's, they're more like gangs versus cults. Like, I'm not sure like which, but, um, yeah, it's very interesting. I love Jesse. I what I like about him is he is an independent thinker. He actually thinks of things for himself and then makes decisions based on things like reason and science and facts. <laughs>
0: I hope it was worth a Green Party. I hope it was unbelievable.
1: Worth it. Right. And do we know for sure? Like we speculated that so. that was what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's great. I'd love to get him on the show. I'd also love to get Snoop Dogg. That's sort of like my new big want to get Snoop Dogg. Maybe someday. Oh, I love him. His commercial with What's That Guy? Is it Andy Samberg? Yeah. Okay, I don't care about him one way or the other, but there's a commercial with him and Snoop Dogg. It's the beer commercial. I forget what the beer is. Is it Corona?
0: You know that Snoop would just love to do a weed commercial if he could get
1: a weed. Well, I'm sure he will when he can. I mean, I'm sure he will, but he, well, he probably has his own. I would think he has his own brand at this point. He must be invested somewhere, but that commercial cracks me up every time. And also he has a show on Peacock called So Dumb It's Criminal, And I cannot tell you, for people who are cannabis users, please partake and watch So Dumb, It's Criminal. I swear to you, it's watching him high review the most ridiculous things that people do, like getting busted in crimes. Like, I, it's very funny. We
0: we appreciate you guys. Hope you enjoyed.
1: (laughs) Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, Please, like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews, as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.